Welcome to another episode of Are You Sitting Comfortably? The movie review show here on East London Radio. I'm Scott, as usual. Uh, I'm glad of that. It gets confusing when I'm someone else. And sitting, <coughs> sitting opposite me here in the studio, looking all summery in his uh, best little sundress. Yes. <laughs> is my friend Rue. Hello, Rue. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Oh, you know. Soldiering on. Yes. You, you're doing all right in the sunshine? I'm doing fine in the sunshine. I love the sunshine. Oh, no. I bought myself a big box of fab ice lollies the other day. <laughs> and uh, lit- yesterday I literally had three. Well done. In my underpants. That's, Picture that, that if you will. uncomfortable. Me sucking oh, on three chilly. fab ice lollies at the oh, same right, time. Were, I see. In, no, it wasn't at the same time. You were time. eating them while wearing your underpants. They weren't in your underpants. No, they weren't. It was like my... a really dr- drastic way of staying cool in the no. summer. <laughs> no, I haven't okay. taken it quite that far oh, yet. Well, it's probably for the best. Uh, movie news? It's something we, like that. Should we, should we, it's the heat. It's on the list. I can't deal. It's too much for me. No, you know? this is lovely. Oh. Enjoy it. No, but I'm, I'm not made for sunshine. I, I, I mean, my skin is white. Oh, I, you're, you're from I'm a the human. north. I am from the north, from the, from the cold and soggy north. Oh. Some movie news. Go on, you can go for it. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, unfortunately, we lost Bond. We did. We James lost Bond. Bond. James Bond. Roger Moore. Sir... Roger Moore. If only we could have gotten more. Oh, I see what you did there. Bless his sweet self. So um, I, uh, unfortunately, haven't seen any of uh, Sir Roger Moore's Bonds. Ah. I've, I've seen clips and things. Um, and uh, from what I can see, he, he was Bond in an era of uh, carry-on films. And, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> was, he was the camp wry, uh, raised eyebrow. Yeah kind of bond yeah definitely um and for a lot of people that's that's iconic to what james bond was so you know he 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 was he was a um he was a bond is that why there was such a celebration when craig what's his face david daniel craig daniel Daniel Craig David. Daniel Craig David. On a Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, or whatever the song Daniel was. Daniel Craig David. Um, yeah. When he was James Bond. He um, still is, technically. When he is James Bond. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Unwillingly now, but he still is. The, when there was celebration, when he, his transition from a rugged, angry uh, James Bond. A bit run, of a psychopath at one yeah, point. Yeah. Running up cranes with a little vein in his forehead. Um, uh, thumping people, kicking people, um, and uh, knifing people. and he just and, seemed like an angry bouncer a lot of the time. And, and falling in love, and then losing the love of his life. And then uh, even more angry! Revenge! I'm not Bond anymore. Don't care what you say, Judy. I'm getting my revenge. <laughs> so are you just recapping the, the plot of uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Sausage now? Quantum of Sausage, yes. yes. Yeah, something about oil. I don't know. Then a big building blew up for no real reason. That yeah. was at the end. You knew it was going to blow up because it always does because it's James Bond. Something's got to explode. So from angry, sweaty uh, Daniel Craig to... Roger Moore, Daniel Craig, or more so uh, in in Skyfall, uh, and then even more in Inspector, where it was all I you know even, the names Bond. I wouldn't James even, Bond. I wouldn't say. Nah, I'd nah, say. Nah, 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 nah. God, you're weird. Nah, uh, you done? Yes. All right. <laughs> I'd say yeah. No, I'd say Roger Moore was was not even that. Roger Moore was a lot more fun. I think there's something really po-faced and miserable about David Craig, even when he's uh, doing his um, his best to not be, or at least his his films doing the best not to be. He's just a bit slapped ass face. He does always have that uh, the impression that he doesn't really 
really enjoy being James Bond. Well, he's, he has said that. He complained <laughs> about um, having to be James Bond, despite, you know, the $12 million <laughs> yes. for each film. It definitely least. rubs off on the character, though, doesn't it? Yeah, because he... Roger Moore, from the very little I've seen, and most of the old Bonds I've seen, Pierce Brosnan as well, you know, they look like they're really kind of like, I'm James Bond. Yeah. I'm James Bonding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was one of the things about Roger Moore's character that we don't have now, uh, is that, that he? There was a joy to it. He yeah. was enjoying it, whereas Daniel Craig just seems to be grumbling his way through it. You know, sticking it out. It's a bit like um, what you can always tell when an actor doesn't really want to be in a film. You can see it in their eyes, however well they're acting, they just don't look comfortable. But we'll change our tune, no doubt, when Daniel Craig passes and we're we're here. Well, not Daniel Craig passes when his Bond. No, no, becomes no, the new, no. Oh, when well, Daniel we, Craig passes when and dies, we're here right. with our with our wobbly walking sticks. Oh yeah, when we're in our eighties, still we're, doing this show. <laughs> and, and, and we will look back and we'll say, "Oh, you know, you don't get the miserable." <laughs> uh, Remember when Bond was, used to be miserable? I miss yeah, those, I miss those days. days. Everything is so happy now, <laughs> relentlessly happy. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, movie news. Oh yeah, we were doing movie news. Yeah, all right. Next thing, uh, director Zack Snyder, well, director in inverted commas, uh, Zack Snyder, he's not a director any more than Michael Bay is, has, anyway, even less so now, has he stepped away from Justice League because of a very sad family uh, loss. Yes. It's tragedy. I'm not sure if tragedy is the right word. Uh, it is tragic, but it's not a tragedy. Anyway. Um, you shouldn't have started that segment by ripping into Zack Snyder. I can if I want. He's not a very good director. I'm sorry for his loss. And, and you know, I, uh, I empathise with him and, um, you know, all of that. But I know he's not a very good director. Well, I think it's an interesting choice to replace him with Mr. Whedon. Yeah, but at this point, I think most of the film's done. All he's got to do is a couple of scenes. There's not a lot left to film. So, so the just director's Whedon, job is a lot of it's done. He'll be sort of peppering the movie uh, like that meme of that bloke in the sunglasses doing his salt stuff oh like it's salt bay I, yes, don't, I don't even think he's meant to do that much i think he's just meant to keep an eye on things um i doubt very much that when this film comes out it'll feel joss whedon-y because it's not a joss whedon film i'd be hesitant actually i mean you know he's he's stepping into presumably their mates or something having stepping in to help a mate out and there's probably a hefty paycheck in it for him but i doubt that this film will have very much of a um Joss Whedon-y feel to it because it's all Zack Snyder so it's going to be very dark like as in the lighting will be all bad um, <laughs> it's going to be very glum miserable not particularly well told story most of it won't make sense uh, no but at least there'll be that Joss Whedon team element I presume he'll go hopefully uh, or even if he's got any sort of control over the edit I'm sure Joss Whedon will uh, will give it that this edge is it. I don't know how much of a how much control he's going to have what, is, it, is, is he literally just getting a chair with the word director written on it that he sits in well, for the last three days or something I don't know Some, it, from the, the the stories I read it didn't seem like he had a particularly large role to play but never mind moving on what's next I like the way that the show today uh, sounds uh, quite relaxing because we've got the natural breeze sound effect in the background. Yes. We've left the door open. Yeah, it's not really a sound effect; it's an actual breeze. So it's, uh, but it, it is quite nice. Yeah, it's our it's our special meditative episode. Mm. <laughs> but then last year, when it got this warm, I remember you spending about ten minutes screaming about the flies. Yes, there were flies buzzing around. Whereas there this were. Year, I think maybe having the door open has saved us from the flies somehow. I'm not sure how that works, but just don't leave any rubbish. Sticky things. Well, I don't. I, I, I keep all my sticky things to myself. News. Yeah, go Tom on. Holland yeah. has been confirmed to play Nathan Drake in the Uncharted adaption, acting as a prequel to The Game. Another, another movie 
Completely yeah, like Assassin's Dudo. Sassy Credo, which was pants. And what others have there been? Uh, like too many. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many, we aren't even going to bother to think of naming them. So Tom Holland is Spider-Man. Oh, right. I was about to ask who's Tom Holland. Isn't he? Probably. Should yeah, I Google this before I say no, that, things? that sounds such, about right. With such surety. Surety. Uh, but then I, I think I heard that Nathan Fillion is going to play old Drake in like any kind of flash forward type bit that they do. Oh. Which would be quite good. I like Nathan Fillion. And I think Drake's quite a good character for him. I don't know how it'll pan out because, you know, video game movies always have a tendency to be a bit iffy. Ooh, next movie news. Yeah, there's a whole dark universe thing coming. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I'm not... It's like Hammer Horror characters are all being rebooted for the 21st century, resurrected in some cases, like Frankenstein and his monster, Mr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The Invisible Man. Do you remember a few years you ago? You know what? I think uh, he should hide, live up to his name, and I think uh, so should the Invisible Man. He stay invisible. Yes. Uh, do you remember a few years ago when they did The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with uh, Sean Connery and it was a really weirdly bad film, which was a shame because it had some really good people in it and it, I, it should have been really good. I remember thinking, I really must watch this film and I never got around to it. It's it's bizarre. It's I quite enjoyed it, but it it, it it's not... It's not good. So it's are you saying that they should have learned the lesson of the League of Doodars and... Uh, just left it. And left it. I just... I'm so sick of... It's like we've run out of ideas. There's nothing new anymore. You know, it'd be nice just to not have a sequel, a prequel, a reboot, a remake. And, like, not even these. Like, why not just... No, I'm sorry. But the thing is, it's all very well and good saying that. But if we... Okay, so if we swore off all those things for a decade... People would be gagging for sequels. People would, n- people would be saying, oh, I want to see what happens next. Give me more. Give me more. And, you know, I, I, I do complain about reboots and, and, and sequels and the like. You do. But at the same you. time, you know, when, I'm, when I am invested in a series as a, as a staunch fan, you know, when it comes to Saw, um, I'd love to see more and more yeah. Saw. Saw coming out of my bottom, please. Actually, no, that sounds quite rough. It sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, saw films are plenty. Blood on the toilet paper if you do that. Or, for instance, if they decided to make a film Here series of the greatest science fiction yeah, television program ever made, yeah. I would be more than delighted. You'd also be the only person watching it. Uh, I think not, Scott. All right, no, the, you and the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy, he quite liked it too, didn't he? Oh, yes, he, he, he only uh, said that it was his favourite science fiction yeah, television programme. Well, um, so, yes, uh, what was my point? All I'm saying is that, um, that I think there comes a point when you have to draw a line, i.e., give it a little while. You know, rather than sequels constantly, sequels all the time. Uh, with the same franchise, you know, Fast and the Furious, whatever. Take a little, take a moment, please. Come back in a few years' time. We'll be all the more appreciative. The same way that I'm going to really enjoy getting stuck into another Saw movie because there's been a, a nice, uh, a hefty gap where I've been able to explore other other film options. I kind of, I'm, I'm not a big sequels fan just because if your first one's really good then everyone's been like, oh, wow, I can't wait for the next one. And then there's this huge, impossible hype to live up to. Well, Toy Story did it all right. Yeah, I mean, there's always exceptions. Like, Toy Story did it brilliantly. All Toy things. Story. Toy Story, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the kinky version. Um, and, you know, they did, they did different things each time. And, and you know, it was... But then that's the idea, that's the... That's the thing of a good sequel. is, But they also didn't do it immediately afterwards, exactly. did they? There they took time. their time. Well, they had to because it's really hard. And I do. genuinely think that's, that's important. If you're going to do a sequel, give yourself a couple of years, get it right. And I, I think then, you know, you can probably 
do as many as you like, so long as you focus on the quality, not the quantity, you know, the explosions or the money or the, or the rest. Yeah, and again, a good sequel takes what happened in the first one, changes it, twists it, gives it something new for the sequel, puts everything into a different perspective. Like, so you've got Alien to Aliens, you've got Terminator to Terminator 2, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, hmm. and stuff like that, where it's, it's an evolution of the thing in a way that, that gives you something new rather than just the same story over again, like... Uh, like some of the uh, Star Wars. The new Star Wars was very similar to A uh, A New Hope. Very similar. It was more a new hope than a new hope. There you go. Uh, so you see, that's my point. It's like, you know, we need, it needs to take yeah, it do, somewhere do, new and do new things. Yeah, don't do it time. if there's no point in it. Exactly. But, but, and, and so, also, but the point is always to make money, isn't it? And that's the shame. That's why we get crappy stuff and not art anymore. Because it's all about the bank. Well, I'm not sure that's true. No? People like seeing fresh stuff. They do. Oh, that's not the right button. <laughs> Nor's that. I've God, gonna... I've moved my buttons around. Hang on. That's what I'm after. No, and talking of yeah. fresh new stuff, oh, um, yeah. and also James Bond's, uh, there's going to be a Mamma Mia sequel, uh. which is going to come a good few years after the original. But everyone involved in the original is in, on board, apparently. The name's Mia. Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Um, and his hair. What's her name? Meryl Streep. Judith. Meryl Streep will be in it. Judith? Judith Chalmers. Oh, I don't know. Well, they're all going to be in it, and there's going to be more singing, apparently, and there's going to be a sequel, and I'm not sure why, because you don't really need one. It's going to be like... It's going to be a prequel, isn't it? Oh, no, is it, no, 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 it's a sequel, that, because they can't be hide Pierce Brosnan's ageing. Or any of them. It's not, he's, the, he's not the only one to be stuck in linear time. We all are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, look, oh, well. we've, got, we've got last week's Who Said That to answer. Remind oh, yeah. us of it, if you could. Who said... Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about this. That was... It doesn't look so shiny to me. Shinier than yours, meatbag. <laughs> that was Bender from Futurama. Futurama cartoon series done by Matt Groening, mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Yes. Um, and do you know why I chose Bender as our who said that? Uh, let's let's just go back. What was the... Covenant. Oh, oh, was it because like when he's asleep, he, he dreams, he like mutters, kill all humans. Does he do that? Hey, baby. Want to kill all humans with me? Yeah, like in, oh. in a couple of episodes. Like it's a running joke that whenever he's asleep, all he does is dream about killing all humans. Um, uh, no, it was just because he's a robot, and so was David, uh, um, aka um, uh, uh, Fassy B. Fassy B. Yeah, Sassy yeah. Credo B. Fassy. Who said popcorn at a ball game is unnatural? <laughs> oh, that sounds. Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. I'm. Tr- I know that voice. Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. Yes, we all know that voice, which oh. is why it should be easy for you it's to really answer. I can't, I can't place him. Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. It's I. That is just. I. I know. I know that voice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, oh. boys and girls, if you can guess the answer to who said popcorn at a ball game is unnatural, tweet us at ELI comfortably on Twitter and tell us both character and actor, and if you're clever enough, the link between that person, that quote. And what we're talking about today, which is Miss Sloan and Colossal. There's two movies, not Miss Sloan and Colossal. That'd be a really <laughs> weird mashup. I'd like that. Oh, okay. um, right, music. Sure, song. Yes. Yeah, all right, then. This is Max Rich- Richter? Richter. Yes, very Richter. clever man. A question of pronunciation. Adrenaline. His surname is a question of pronunciation. Ah, the very song good. It's yes. called A Question of Adrenaline. See what I did there? I can strongly recommend uh, popping online and finding as much music by Max Richter as possible because he doesn't just do scores for films, he does some blissful orchestral uh, arrangements that are just his own stuff. 
Well, aren't you a classy bitch? I am. I am. I do my best. I like this voice. <laughs> Should do that more. Do you want to do your thirty seconds? In oh voice? God, I forgot about the thirty seconds. It was your format? Idea. I know, I know, but it, <laughs> every week I forget. It's 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 very intense. Okay, right. You ready? No. Okay. Lady called Elizabeth is uh, a lobbyist in America. Now, forgive my ignorance of U.S. politics, but she sort of works as PR for guns. Uh, But then she changes side and she's PR for no guns. Uh, And it's her job and her team's job to try and convince as many uh, of the upper echelons in U.S. politics to change their ideas about guns. And uh, a man with angry eyebrows and um, uh, other men and get very angry with her. Oh dear, that was uh, that was not good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that sounds interesting. Uh, and how was it? Would you me? like me to expand on any of the elements I touched on in my thirty seconds um, overview? Yes. Yes. What makes her change her mind? I know this is probably not. This is quite early on, so maybe it's not a big thing. What makes her change her mind? What makes her change her mind? Yeah. Winning. Oh right. Winning, winning. So it's not she, like it's not like she's on her way home from work and she sees two kids like gunning each other down in the street or something like that over a chew it or something. We, Does you still <laughs> make chew it? I don't know. That that has to have happened in America at some point. Oh god! Don't joke <laughs> about kids with guns. Well, it's not a joke. It. It's the truth. It happens. God. It's not a joke. I know. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> so back to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a hooter. Give Good me a hooter. God. Spoiler alert. So, yeah, it was not really much of a spoiler, but uh, her, um, um, uh, wouldn't it be funny if guns made that noise? (laughs) (laughs) Instead of bang. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Just revealing her motivations a little bit, really. Um, It's it's a little bit like, um, remember Breaking Bad's uh, uh, explanation of why Walter White, just at the very end, why he, you know, he always used to say, it's for my family. But uh, at the end he says, it's because I enjoyed it. I was good at it, and I was winning. Um, it's kind of the same thing for her. She she's addicted to the to the challenge um, that comes with that job. I mean, she she passionately believes in the cause as well. But it would have been an easier job for her to have stayed in the uh, four guns camp than the no guns camp. Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, comparison to Breaking Bad sort of ends there because a much better comparison, if we're looking at US TV, would be Damages. I never saw that. Uh, well, with Glenn Close. Um, I can't remember the ins and outs, to be honest, but it's the same kind of thing where you've got... Um, it's, it's, it's legal lawyers, kind of big firms and stuff. You don't really necessarily need to understand what any of these people actually work for. <laughs> they're just legal types and they're battling each other's legal cases and, and they're outlawing one another all the time. And it's all about foresight and you're getting flash forwards as well as um, the present storyline. So you're seeing that people have died uh, and, and this uh, current storyline is explaining how... Um, they got to that stage and how intertwined and dangerous people's lies became. Is this Miss Sloan or is this Damages? That's Damages. All right. So that, in, that sounds more interesting. In Miss Sloan, there is an element of flash forwarding, uh, but right. not very much. Yeah, you're just flash forwarding to her court case um, opposite Mr. John Lithgow. Um, uh-huh. And then you flit back to how she got sat in that chair. Um, but that's as far as the flash forwarding goes. What the, the comparison to damages is in the main character, uh, Elizabeth, played by Jessica Chastain, who you might remember from many things. Zero Dark Thirty, am I right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and what was the other one? 
She still knows her stuff. I can't remember off the top of my head. She's ginger and she's got nice boobs. She was in The Martian, Interstellar, uh, Crimson Peak. Oh, yeah, she was in Interstellar. All that stuff. Um, Christ. So, yes, she is, is almost superhuman in her ability to preempt what her opponents are doing. But it, the moral uh, ambiguity comes uh, where she sort of considers her own teammates, in a sense, her opponents. It's a bit of a one-lady show. Right. Um, whereas it, it's very frustrating. Not much of a team player, then. N- exactly, All yes. Right. It's a, it, it, That's going to get brought up at her next review. It's, 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 HR will have an issue. Well, she sort of does have a review with her manager. Does she? And, uh, this film sounds more and more exciting. And he's... Um, she does something uh, very, very questionable uh, and endangers one of her teammates' lives. Lives. Life. 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 Lives. It dangers one of her teammates' lives. Lives. No, but that's. Yeah. Well, it's because you're talking about yeah. uh, one but, of a group. So it yeah, but it be... makes it sound like she's got. She's a cat. She's got no yeah, lines. I, know, I was thinking <laughs> that. Well, it, all right then. It, it, yeah, a better. F- f- you would have to construct a sentence differently. So you would say uh, she endangers a teammate's life. Yes, that's it. Mm. That's it. Two copywriters here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, her manager says, you know, I've never known anybody to think like you. How dare you do this? And then she says, well. How about this then? I earned us 15 million quid the other day. Uh, but she, she knew that. Just found it in my jeans. She, she knew that a long time ago. She was holding on to that knowledge, keeping it secret, because she knew that she would get into trouble with him for what she did with the other teammate. So he could hardly turn around and say, you're fired, because she's made him 15 million quid. So it's this kind of zigzaggy thought process that none of the others are capable of. And that I would say for her, for, for us in the audience watching her, is a, it becomes a little bit far-fetched. But it does end in a nice, tasty wrapping up of everything uh, in a way that I suppose I didn't necessarily guess. But it got so convoluted that I gave up guessing anyway. <laughs> Do you know what and I mean? You were like, along for the ride. After yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. Uh, did you enjoy it? Um, <laughs> wow, that's a that's a hell of a review. Look, um, I'll, I'll be honest and say that for the first sort of like fifteen minutes to half an hour, I was bored. I was tired. I was confused. Um, there's a lot of walking side by side down corridors, talking very fast about the legal issues. You know, like West Wing kind West of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Nobody does that. When was the last time you walked at pace, holding onto a big bunch of papers, talking through, um, you know, some some next big project or whatever? I've never worked anywhere with corridors that long. Yeah, it's, that's the <laughs> other thing as well. And when you talk to people, you look at them. You don't just yeah. walk on side by side. It's just send emails i send a lot of emails at work or like we have like a, an instant messenger thing i do a lot yeah. of my but my pe- stuff through there i don't i don't need to like walk around with people to get stuff done well the other thing is that when you're talking um and, and especially when you're talking fast like i just did then you don't you don't just reel off lines you you stop and you think or you stutter and you go um uh, uh, yeah no. you have some thinking yeah you yeah and and uh, although that the that missing here isn't immediately noticeable. When, later, when you think about it, you realise that that is why those fast-paced conversations aren't entirely realistic. They're not looking at each other. They know exactly what they're going to say far too quickly. And there's no realistic kind of uh, stuttering and erming and erring. And well, yeah, but then it's the same as anything like that. You think, oh, well, we've not seen any of them go to the toilet in the last three hours, and I've gone twice just watching, <laughs> and stuff like that. It's it's meant to be a, a depiction rather than I don't reality. want to watch a film that's just full of people going, uh, on the yeah, toilet. Well, you, you, you don't, yeah, <laughs> You don't want to see. You don't want a film that includes the main character having a wee, having a shower, 
going to work, sitting at her desk, having a meeting, having a review with her manager and stuff like that. No, but what, what makes the uh, completely different comparison then, what makes the comedy and family guy so amusing is the natural kind of stuttering uh, that you get from the main characters when they're kind of, when they're, when they're befuddled, when they're confused and they go, oh, what, what? You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Okay. It, it works because it's it's what we all do. Um, and I'm just a little touch, just a little sprinkling of that in scenes like this wouldn't go amiss. Well, apparently... John Lithgow's good at it. He oh, goes, yeah. he has one long... Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, that's <laughs> nice to see. <laughs> I'm glad he's um, come back down after the end of um, Santa Claus the movie, actually. He drifted off into the sky. Santa Claus the movie? Yeah. How many years ago was that? He's been doing Dexter since then, Love is Strange. He's been busy. Well, he's, oh, well I'm, I'm just glad he came back down okay and he didn't like just appear off into the, into the space and never be seen again because he's good. Um, but yeah, no, um, I forgot what I was going to say, which is another thing they don't do in movies. Yeah, apparently it's a, it's a, um, a movie-making thing to, and, uh, to make the viewer think that the plot is moving along if you have people moving and talking oh really is yeah. it like a trick of the mind yeah well it might be the plot may be moving along depends what they're talking about but you feel like there's been more progress being made if you're watching people walk as they talk I'm not sure about that because if you think back to um, I don't know why I'm making so many comparisons to TV but I suppose it's because on TV you've got longer to have longer conversations so in Game of Thrones the earlier series um, I, I remember thinking while watching I've never had this much patience for conversations of this length before in a TV show. They're sitting down, it, like, in a, in a room on cushions, drinking, swigging, and telling their life stories and all that sort of thing. And uh, it's not boring. No. The, the, the way the characters are... The dragons and the boobs and stuff like that help, I think. <sighs> yeah, but in the early season, there wasn't much of that. No, they didn't get dragons until no. series three, I think. What I'm saying is that I don't... I, and, and Game of Thrones is very popular. I don't think people are necessarily that impatient... No. All right. Uh, so would you recommend going to see this film? Is it a good film? I would recommend watching it at some point in your life. Okay. <laughs> that narrows it down. Thank there's, you. There's, there's no rush. Um, something, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Something slightly off-putting, I suppose, could be if you have absolutely zero interest or knowledge uh, with regards to the political uh, scene in the US um, but if you if you have strong opinions about um, stopping mindless violence uh, which we should all do uh, this is quite interesting because it shows and I suppose this is the argument when it comes to UK politics as well that in order to bring about uh, change for the better you need to play the game that the people who are uh, trying to bring about change I suppose for the worst in your view uh, you have to play their game you have to indulge them in their game so that you can later change the rules, if that makes sense. The argument I was going to say in UK politics that's very similar is that Jeremy Corbyn, arguably, isn't playing the game. And if he did just play the game, he'd be able to uh, make a change later. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see how far he gets with this kind of... We've gone a bit political. Yes, we have a little bit. But um, still, it's, it's intriguing stuff lately. Uh, so, yeah, another, another sort of courtroomy film. Yeah. Um, like Denial, yeah, you kind of flit back and forth from the courtroom. Uh, but this one features a male escort as well, which oh. is very exciting. Was he a hot male escort? Um, sort of like a farmer male escort. Hmm. He had a good body, but he, he was kind of speaking like this. And oh, he oh. was like, you can't ignore me just because you're a lady in the PR business and I'm a man with my 
with my with my trousers off and I, oh lady would you like to would you like to lay in bed with me for a little while and and, <laughs> and did she lay in bed with him for a little while well very reluctantly <laughs> three times oh <laughs> there you go uh so yes that's my review wow all right well uh Cool. Shall we have some more music there? I don't well, we're asking the question, who said this? Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. We've basically given you the answer. Yeah. Now it's now <laughs> I know whose name, whose voice that is. Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. I can't tell you what that's from, but I can guess. Ah. So that's the next question. <gasps> he was in, oh, that movie on a mountain. I want to say Point Break, but it wasn't Point Break. He had a really silly British accent. Mount, Mount Everest? No, I'm going to Google that because I'll, I'll look it up on IMDb while the song's playing. This next song is The Colossal from Colossal, presumably. You mean the finale from Colossal? Oh, well, my track listing here just says the and then Colossal oh, in really? separate lines. Yeah. Oh, my apologies. That's all right. <laughs> so this is the finale. The finale Ooh. by Mayor, Bear McCreary. Mayor, Mayor, Mayor <laughs> McCreary. <laughs> yes. He's very good at what he does. I'm sure he is. Ah, all right. 30 seconds of Colossal. Anne Hathaway plays a lady with a drinking problem who doesn't have a job. She has a drinking problem because she doesn't have a job. And her boyfriend gets sick of her all-night shenanigans and so kicks her out. So she goes back to her old family house where she meets Jason Sudeikis' character who gives her a job in a bar and everything gets a little bit abusive and weird. And it turns out that whenever she's drunk and stupid and stumbling home at 8.05 in the morning through a sandpit, her drunkenness transforms into a monster that terrorises soul in South Korea. I don't understand. <laughs> that was how I felt throughout this whole film. Like I went in really looking forward to it because it got so many great reviews. And I don't know whether I didn't get it or... Well, it seems like one of these new sort of weird sort of edgy ones. Yeah. Which so is, like, you know, fine. You know, I like seeing stuff like this. Yeah, but well, I'm, 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 and you know, I wouldn't have not seen it, but I've come out thinking, I don't know what the point of that was. I don't know what I'm supposed to get from it. Did it is it that it didn't really know what sort of genre it sat in? Is it is it Cloverfield with a few laughs or is it mainly a comedy with a Cloverfield monster thrown in? It's not even a comedy. I didn't laugh. Yeah. Well, Simon Pegg's in it. You've got some... Simon uh, Pegg's not in it. Yes, he is, isn't he? No. Where did I read that I then? don't know. Simon Pegg. Let me look. Well, you have, a, you have a Google while I talk about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's like, it's like this... She's, she's like borderline alcoholic and then she gets into this weird abusive non-sexual relationship with Jason Sudeikis' character who's like trying to control her and, and be all over her and stuff. And Is he the one from Horrible Bosses? Yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> He's actually quite handsome in this in a, in a kind of menacing kind of way. But it doesn't really... None of it really clicks. It's like, I don't believe his abusiveness. I don't understand why she sticks with it as long as she does. I don't understand why she goes along with it or anything. I mean, you know, this, this is part of the thing of abusive relationships. It's often very difficult when you're not in that situation to kind of thing it. But I just don't feel... she had, And she had this bad wig. She was wearing this bad wig the whole way through. And she has this this thing where she's like, oh, yeah, I have this, like, when I'm, when I'm nervous, the top of my head itches and I scratch in a certain point. And I'm like, yeah, it's just because your wig's bad, love. It just... It just looked awful yeah I just didn't get this film I didn't like it I didn't find anything interesting about it it wasn't it didn't grip me at all I was quite bored and waiting for it to end and everyone all these reviews saying oh it's hilarious and stuff I didn't see any jokes I mean I'm sure it's like it's not meant to be like uh, slapstick funny and it's not kind of uh, one liner funny but just the stuff that was I could see stuff that was supposed to be funny I suppose but it just didn't 
it didn't make me laugh. Or even kind of in that internal way where you go, oh yeah, I see the joke there, I appreciate it, and do that kind of like, mm. kind of like blowing air at your nose. Not even that, just kind of like, um, IMDb uh, incorrectly states that Simon Pegg is in the film. Uh, yeah. Cast also includes blah, 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 Simon it, Pegg. Does it tell you who he is? Uh, uh, I can't remember No, because name I'm, from I'm, it. I'm clicking already... on his name, but then on Simon Pegg's profile, it doesn't say that he's in Colossal, so that's interesting. Yeah, he's not in it. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, please explain to me, is she sort of part of some sort of strange government experiment where they're remotely controlling a monster uh, by uh, installing some sort of no, microchip in her brain? No, there is this... I'm going to... The, the monster kind of appears out of a cloud in right. Seoul every... At what is 8.05 American time, yes. wherever, she's, wherever they are currently. And it's only when she steps into this playground in this place in America... Right. Eight, if she's in this playground at 805 in America, the monster appears in Seoul and its movements mimic hers exactly. Is the playground some sort of miniature city? No, it's just like swings and a climbing frame and stuff right. like that. But whatever she does in that playground affects the city. So if she falls over, she'll crush a few buildings and kill a few hundred people. Or And is that funny? Not really. <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether this was part of the joke or what. And, you know, like, and then... Her mate, like the not her mate, the uh, the other guy, the abusive guy who's like who she's having this weird enabling relationship with, also steps into the thing, and he appears as a giant robot. Uh, this is not. I, I'm bored already. Yeah, I'm just thinking why. Yeah, this. Uh, the, Do you the, find out why? Yeah. And, okay. And why? I can, I can tell you it's near the end, and I think it's supposed to be a bit of a, a, a reveal twist thing, but it's really not. It's do you do very... you think you'd be upsetting a great deal of our listeners if you um, uh, were to say why? No, not at all. I really so give hope us not. give us the hooter. All right. If fingers you re- in your ears. If you really care, <laughs> stick your fingers in your ears and hum for the next minute. Okay. All right. Yep. So the so the flashback when we get it is that these two kids were walking past this area where this playground is now, but back when they were little, it was just like a little bit of a wood type thing, all fenced off. Right. Yes. And they were carrying dioramas of different cities for a school project. Yes. Hers was of Seoul. Yes. And his was of Madrid or somewhere awful. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, the wind catches hers and blows it over the fence. He climbs over. She thinks he's going to get it for her, but when he climbs over, he smashes it, mm. and she sees him do that. And then gets really angry. And as she's getting really angry, some lightning zips down and strikes the point on her head that she always gets itchy under that bad wig. Yeah. Right. And then nothing else happens until she sets foot in the same space again, which by now has become a children's playground. This isn't why. You've just said she was magically zapped by lightning and then a monster magically appears whenever she walks into a playground. That's not why. That's as much as you get. Oh, that's... No. Sorry. Bollocks. Yeah, it's not a good... I don't... You know, maybe I've missed something. I'm not one of these people who thinks that you need answers to absolutely everything. For goodness sake, I enjoyed Lost. But there needs to be at least an attempt to logically explain how the science works... If it was a government program or something, you know, if that happened back during the, you know, I don't know how old these people are or when it's set, but if that happened during the Cold War, you could have worked that in some, or, some way. Or even if, like, the, the I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying, but at least let's say even that this old wood was a toxic waste storage space and when he climbed over to stomp on her yes, thing, exactly. they got some waste spilled on them that glowed like ooze like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But it still doesn't explain how the magical lightning knows that what her city was when she like why 
why why would that take place know. in reality? I don't know. And I'm wondering <laughs> if it's supposed to be some sort of metaphor, like her drink binge is like manifested as this big green monster thing. Well, I like the idea that binge drinking is destructive. Yeah. And, but, and, but, but, but why in Korea? Because that's the city that was being stomped on. I don't. I just don't. Why? Th- you, know, you could I know, have taken I know, all that, I know, don't, I, all that I, I extra agree. out and just kept it in the US, and it would have been it would have been a nice uh, metaphor, like you say, yeah. And and I feel like that's the metaphor that they were going for. But I just I don't. They they kind of extend it and twist it, and so there's so much more in this film than I think there needs to be, and the stuff that should be there doesn't get the kind of. Um, Payoff and the build-up and the, yeah. the, the the filling out that there, that there should be. I mean, the most the most filled out part of this film is her really bad wig. It's like big <laughs> and huge, and she's always playing with it and drawing attention to it. And I'm like, please stop! I'm trying to focus on you as a character, and all I can see is this bad weave, and it just ah. Oh, so it's definitely it gets, not her hair. Yeah, it's, well, I don't think so. Do you want the ending as well? I mean, should we? Oh, give, never mind. Give me a never hooter. Mind. Give me a hooter. <sighs> Lovely. In the end, the way that she. Because uh, they they end up having a stand up fight in the, like he knowing the secret he gets drunk uh, all the time because he's an alcoholic as well and goes into this <laughs> sand pit and starts kicking about in what is soul as this giant robot stamping about and smashing stuff and just because he can really and he's like if you leave if you stop working for me if you fuck, if you go away I'm gonna come back every day and stomp on more of Seoul and so we get all these images of like this robot stomping all over the city and stuff and she has to stay because she's protecting people from him Ugh. and um, wait a minute this is all unhealthy <laughs> yeah it's incredibly unhealthy like as a film does like, she get away does, she, is it, does it all work out in the end do you, do you want to know? Yes, yes, right. I want to know. In the end, to beat him, like uh, they have this big fight where he blacks her eye and knocks her down, and he's obviously much stronger and bigger than her right. as the robot. And this is in the play in the in the playground. So like yes, yeah. in in Seoul, this this big robot is beating up this big green monster. Yeah. And then to beat him, she goes to Seoul, so that when she walks into the area in Seoul that the monsters have been stomping on, the big She's green the monster mon- in the playground. Yeah, the big green oh. monster appears in the playground. She picks him up no. as little him and no, then throws no, him off no, into the no, distance. No. It's just I don't understand. It doesn't it. make sense. And it's it's not even a good metaphor for for an abusive relationship because you can't turn into a big monster and no. throw away your abuser. That's not how it <laughs> works. And I just uh, I just I just I. It, it, it didn't even feel smug. It felt confused. You, as I say, as I say, it would have been more straightforward and perhaps more effective if it was literally just someone uh, drinks a lot to forget their problems in an abusive relationship, and therefore, for whatever convoluted um, uh, military explanation you want or whatever, they turn into a big angry monster. Yeah. But less focus on that, more focus on the people, the relationships, and yeah. less of an attempt to turn it into a pointless comedy. But I'm only going by what you're saying. I yeah. might go and watch it and love it. So well, I think you should watch it because I'd, I'd be interested to hear other people's opinions. On like, have I got it wrong? Was I not paying enough attention? In fact, there's one point where like I'm I'm thinking, all right, it's meant to be a comedy. It's meant to be hilarious. Like, and there's a point where she sneaks off from the bar where she finishes a shift and they all sit around drinking. She sneaks off with the hot guy to have sex with him. Right. Um. And as a as a monster. No, no, as, as a person. <laughs> okay. But she's like, no one needs to know. We have to keep this quiet from whatever. And is name. the monster like shagging some building? This is and- what I was expecting. Like, <laughs> like the next morning, the TV footage would have <laughs> like two monsters banging up against a building, or like bending her over a skyscraper, or mm-hmm. something like that. No, 
it's not. And I was like, well, that, that at least they didn't go for the predictable joke, but they didn't go for a joke. They just, so yeah, not, 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 not for me. So you wasted your evening? A little bit. <laughs> I felt like I did. And, you know, I'm, and, you know I'm, I'm always up for seeing new films and seeing experimental stuff and interesting things and being challenged. But this just didn't, it didn't stick. It didn't, it didn't land for me. I, I just didn't get it, I think. So I think what we're recommending to our listeners is that rather than going and seeing Colossal, you should probably check out Miss Johnny Skidmarks. Yes, it's Johnny Skidmarks. Yeah. <laughs> Popcorn at a ball game is unnatural. If, if... You By some slim us. chance, you can tell us who said that. Do let us know uh, on Twitter at ELR comfortably um, before the next episode, which is, again, unfortunately going to be two weeks away from now. Yes, we are having a week off next week to sit in the sunshine and masturbate. Uh, well, it wasn't on my agenda, but uh, well, I, I can pencil it in, then Scott. You're doing you... <laughs> it wrong. That's entirely what I've got planned. But of course, it'll be Wonder Woman, won't it? Wonder Woman, yes. yes. Is she out next week? She's out next week, so right. we'll have to hold on to our thoughts and theories. Yes, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, yeah. Uh, but that's all right because then people can watch it, and we won't have to worry yeah. about spoiling it too much. Well, it does look as though uh, Wonder Woman is uh, taking a little uh, leaf out of Marvel's book and including some sort of amusing gags rather than being all angry and grimy which is for the best really because angry and grimy didn't work for any of the dc films up to this point no but at the same time i really hope it doesn't go down the carry on marvel route uh which is sort of where marvel's been going recently it doesn't take its uh doesn't take its uh drama too seriously these days except for in say like uh, captain america the winter soldier that was quite yeah, serious that in was, tone but there were still light-hearted moments i think that yeah. that for me i think is still the best Marvel film so far. Yeah, because it did take itself uh, seriously, but it also gave, it left some room for jokes. Whereas in, and it in was a massive, game-changing yeah. event. Things in that movie changed everything that came after. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in some, it's just sort of... Guardians of the Galaxy, it's just fun. Gag, it punch, gag, punch, yeah. gag, punch. Well, that was Guardians of the Galaxy, though. I mean, it was, uh, two at least, it was... It was a, a, a good movie, better than the first one, I would say. And, you know, there's some emotional heft to it, but it has no impact whatsoever on the rest of the Marvel Universe. Which is why you would watch the alternative uh, TV show, Farscape, which is much like Guardians of the Galaxy, except better. Join us next week for another thrilling episode of Are You Sitting Comfortably? You can listen to Are You Sitting Comfortably weekly live on East London Radio at 12pm on Saturdays or you can catch up with every episode we've done so far at elrcomfortably.co.uk.